What if you've been doing things in your marriage for years that you now realize have really left you disconnected? And yet, both of you want to rebuild and recover what you have. Where do you start? The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have another Q&A episode for you this week. This is episode number 154, 154. And today we're going to be taking two questions from our patrons. As I mentioned last week, we are recording these before our holiday so we can enjoy some time off. We'll be back to our regular programming next week. Hey there. Before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we took a question on boundaries with other couples and a question on PISD, post-infidelity stress disorder. It's definitely worth going back and checking out and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. And again, if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice, even in these answers from years of study. And most of all, we offer hope. Okay. So let's get in these questions for Linda. Okay. First question is from Mac. From Mac. So Mac says, early on in our 10-year marriage, I would shut my husband's feelings down. God has since convicted me about my steamrolling of his feelings and shown me how I was disrespectful and inconsiderate to his side of our marriage. I was so concerned with not being walked on that I actually walked on him. Now I think he's afraid to open up because he avoids negativity of any kind between us. And we are coming out of him seeking emotional approval from outside parties, not a sexual or explicit relationship, but just seeking affirmation from work performance above our relationship and being open in general to anyone willing to build up his ego. He has expressed his commitment to our marriage and wants to get back on the same page, but we seem to have a problem of figuring out where to start. And while he says everything I want to hear, he lacks follow through. Simultaneously, there is a temptation for him to find his identity in his work because he works in a very highly respected field. So how can I compete with the meaning he finds in his career? And beyond that, how can I compete with the numerous women willing to fall all over him because of his career? Mm. Like that just sounds like such a hard place to be in, Caleb. Oh, yeah. Like to compete. How do you compete with a career? And how do you compete with numerous women? Well, you can't. No. So I can just... Feel how stuck she's feeling. Absolutely. And I don't know if this works for you, Mac, or not, but could I give you permission not to compete? Mm-hmm. Not to have to feel like you have to compete, but to try something else. Because the like the problem with an affair is is that it's it's not real. Okay. Like you don't... Uh, she's not talking about an affair here. I know she's not talking about an affair, but she's talking about compete with numerous other women willing to fall over over him. That sounds okay. like affairs. Like women right. that so would the be fear willing, of affair at this point... Yes, woman that would want him to have an affair with them. Right. Okay. 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 It's not real. It's like, I don't know what it's like, but but what you can do in your marriage is you can co-create something better than you can get anywhere else mm-hmm. so that you don't feel the need to compete or you're not worried about mm. competing or him, people falling all over him because what he has with you, he knows is better than he can get anywhere else. And that thing is called Intimacy. And when I say intimacy, and that I don't mean like your sex is so hot, although it might be, 
but I don't mean that your sex is so hot that he doesn't think he can get it hotter anywhere else. I mean that what you guys have together is so rich and so fulfilling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that the rest just seems like junk food. Okay. Not interested. Okay. Right. Because men in a very successful career like this, you know, they can be targeted in some ways, right? Yeah. But there are men in that context already in our world that realize that what they have with their wife is so precious that all this other stuff, the fluff that's being thrown at them, they're not interested in. Okay. Okay. So it's a very tough place to be in, but I think that creating that intimacy is, is important. And when I read your question, Mac, what I'm seeing is the classic pursue withdraw cycle of marriage that has been very well documented, studied, and that there's very good counseling for emotionally focused couples therapy is Mm -hmm. what I would prescribe. So emotionally focused couples therapy is going to help you guys make sense of, it sounds like you're the pursuer and he's the withdrawer. Yeah. And your actions helped him to withdraw and you've stopped that, but now you have the pattern in your marriage, right? Right. And he, as the withdrawer, has not stepped back in to fully engage. Yes. Right. And I don't know whether or not you've stopped pursuing or maybe your pursuing has taken um, a less aggressive style. Yeah. But it could still be there. So I just want to say that because there's hope and healing and, and there's lots of couples that go through this kind of therapy and a very high percentage recover their marriages. And yeah. I guess what I'm kind of assuming here is that if... If if he has a stellar career and he works in a very highly respected field, field I'm making the assumption they could afford this kind of work, which right. is why I'm kind of going straight to this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I would encourage you to reach out for counseling if you're in an area where it's legal for me to counsel. Mm-hmm. Not all states permit outside of state counseling. Oh. Um, I okay. would be happy to help you or seek a therapist in your state that you can get in front of on a weekly basis. And you want to find a mostly focused couples therapist and you will be able to um, make this all work. Right. I think like there is a key sentence in there. He has expressed his commitment to our marriage, wants to get back on the same page, but like they're just spinning their wheels. They don't know where to start. Yeah. And then, but she also said he lacks follow through. Like, what do you think of that? Yeah. I'm curious as to what it means. Maybe that's the doesn't know where to start thing for him. Right. And I, yeah. Well, he says everything I want to hear. He lacks follow through. So he might genuinely mean it like, yes, I want to do this. Yeah. But he doesn't know where to start either. Right. A lot of men on the withdrawing side feel helpless. They don't have the tools. They don't know where to start. They're maybe overwhelmed by their wives' emotions. Right? <laughs> what would you know about that? Nothing. And <laughs> and so they just, like, the sincerity can be there. And, and then the wife gets upset because he never follows through. And now she's got emotion going. Right? And, and Oh, and then that's like the pursue. And so he... Now we're back in the cycle because he's like, oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed. How do I yeah. even begin to deal with this, right? Yeah. And so what happens in in the first stage of emotionally focused couples therapy, what happens, which is uh, very helpful for a situation like this, is that it de-escalates. So kind of the, the more entrenched positions are where you guys have been and the need to hold those, that all comes down because you start to get, you get a chance in a safe place to hear each other. Mm, okay. And the fighting stops. And then... When with that, now you guys begin to make sense of things and why they are, and then you really begin to hear into each other and understand what was going on and why this was like this and what your real deeper needs are. And you start talking about those deep, deep fears, the fear of being abandoned, of being left alone, the fear of never being good enough, of not meeting mm-hmm. approval. This I'm now thinking more his side, right? Okay. Which he's getting kind of band-aided through with his work stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when, when, when the couple gets to see this in each other and then they see their spouse respond to that with love. Like that's exactly the part I've always wanted to see and to know and to hold and to cherish. Mm -hmm. And what? You're not ashamed of that. 
you're not disgusted by that. It doesn't throw you off. Um, you know what I mean? And now so you start to healing. create a positive. Oh yeah. This is good mojo. I'm huh. feeling it, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so things, then you start to create a positive cycle in your marriage. And here's what you've done in this process. You've created intimacy. Nobody sees you and accepts you like this other person does. And you both feel that. Okay. Then these women willing to follow over him. He's like, who, what? Huh? Uh-huh. Right. And you'll feel safe. You'll trust him to go out into that world. Okay. Yeah. And, and I see it too in the competing with his career, right? So he's finding meaning. But what if you guys could in his career, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, he's getting enough of a fix there that he can sustain this marriage. Well, okay. I think you had like two sentences going on at the same time there. So he's getting, he's getting an ego fix out of his career. Yes. Okay. And maybe that's his way of coping, of staying, of making sure he's there for you. Okay. But if you guys could create a marriage where you had this intimacy and you saw and accepted each other, you wouldn't feel like you were competing with the career. Okay. Anymore. Okay. And he wouldn't have as much of a need to draw that from his career. Okay. In fact, he might relax into it more. He might even get better at what he does, but it has, it's not a, it's not a competition anymore. Huh? Oh man, I'm feeling better already here, honey. Okay. So I hope that gives you some hope and a direction to go in. If for whatever reason, counseling is not an option. Uh, Sue Johnson does have a couple of really good books. Uh, she's the, basically the pioneer of emotionally focused couples therapy. And I'd recommend you look up her name and get those books. Um, okay. I think I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Kind of would appear that way. Yeah, I am. Okay. One's like a tealy cover and the other is red. <laughs> <laughs> that might help. Nice. It might. Yeah, it yeah. might. All right. How about we move on to the next question? And if question? you get a photo of her as an author, she like has this big poofy hair. Unless you changed your hairstyle. Oh, dear. Women tend to do that. Oh, dear. All right. We have a question from JM. Okay. JM says, my wife and I need to develop a hobby together, but our interests are pretty different. We do a lot of family activities like camping, hiking, and biking. But since the kids are little, we can't really do those regularly on our own. We end up doing house tasks after the kids go to sleep or watching TV or working on work together. We both feel a need to have a shared activity that is just us. My ideas are more sports, working out, games, bananagrams, etc. And hers are reading, history, cooking, learning something new, and art. If we didn't have to find childcare, we'd both like to go biking together. We are struggling to agree on a shared activity that we will both find fun. Of course, either one of us would be willing to do the desired activity of the other, but our goal is to really both have fun. Any ideas for how to get started? Good questions. Mm-hmm. And somewhat serendipitous that we spoke so much about this in episode 152. Serendipitous, hey? Yeah, do you like that? Yeah, what does it mean? Oh, for Linda. And, uh, <laughs> do you even know? Well, it's kind of, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's You're like awesome. the, in uh, secular language, it's the mer- merging of fate and coincidence into a perfect moment. All right. Yeah. I was so concentrating on the word, I don't even know what the sentence was anymore, but I'm sure it was really good. Anyways, check out episode 152. That's what you need to know. <laughs> OYF.link slash 152. And as a background to this, but I mean, you ask such a real question and we hear these kinds of questions a lot, don't we? For mm-hmm. I think. We do. Yeah. So do first, you know we've struggled with this on our own too. Uh-huh. Like, what should we do? Uh-huh. And I would say, first of all, give yourselves a break because you're in that young children stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, give yourself a break. But when you're in this young children's stage, you just want to go on a date and have fun. Okay. Don't you think? You look like you're about to start crying on me. Oh, Caleb, do you not remember that stage? Yeah, I do. 
Okay. Don't start crying now. <laughs> no. Yeah, we melt down on the podcast. <laughs> so what do you what do you suggest for Linda? Well, I just suggest that I don't I'm not sure. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> What, well, what did we do when we just wanted to go on a date? Um, we didn't always have grandparents around, like when we lived in, in Karanda for the first five years of our kids. No, we didn't. I don't think we dated very much in those years. No. Um, we would go to Ikea and we would check our kids in at the ballpark thing, mm-hmm. the play place. That's in, when we lived in Vancouver, yeah. Yeah, and we would spend $3 on two hot dogs and a pop each. I was a student at the time. (laughs) But that was just a reliever for us. And we would walk around Ikea for an hour. Yeah. So there are, are there small ways that you can take those breaks? Um, Here's the other thing that we used to do too, is um, putting the kids down to bed. And we got like, not every family that's, that's not important in every family that when you put the kids to bed, they stay in bed. Right. And, and we got lots of parents listening today. And if your kids get out of bed all the time and, and like, they don't go down, that's that's because you're okay with that, even if you act upset with them. Right. And I'm okay with you raising your kids that way. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that. Like, there's no criticism. There's no right or wrong here. But one thing that we wanted yeah. for our sanity or needed was for them to stay in bed when they got put to bed. So we, we trained them for that. Yes. Yeah. So, and that's a way you can create some space too. And then we might just have like tea together. Mm-hmm. But or it sounds a little like, bit of dessert or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. They kind of are doing that. Like after the kids go to sleep, but they are doing house tasks or watching TV or working on work together. So could you guys pick one night a week or one night every two weeks? And maybe it gets oriented around some, you know, extracurricular activity that happens. I don't know what it is. But after that, this is your guys' time. And you both work towards getting everybody settled down. And this is our time. Mm -hmm. And so you have a little bit of a rhythm to do something there. And you're talking a lot about activities. And as we mentioned in episode 152, Sometimes the activities can be a bit of a distraction because what you really need is connection. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so a time of talking and sharing might take off the stress to need to figure out what activity you're going to do and just spend time with each other. Right. Is an option. Yeah. You can just have fun with each other. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so. You can just enjoy each other's company. That's right. Yeah. So, uh. And we talked about in the last episode, not last episode, episode 152. Are you blushing a little bit? No. Shh. Yes. We talked in the last episode. No. In episode 152 about the two different types of activities. Uh, core and balance activities. Yes. Okay. And so like JM here, I'd say you need to give yourself a little slack because these house tasks that you're yeah. doing, the watching TV that you're doing, those are core activities. If you If you're doing them together. If you're doing them together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's not like only the fun stuff counts. Ah, yeah. So this stuff counts too. You're still... You can make this stuff count. Yeah. Yeah. Make your chore your core. That doesn't sound very exciting. No, not the slightest. But But, that's okay. But you know what? We found that we can connect over dishes. Yes. And kids have a remarkable disinterest in dishes. They do. They tend to disappear. So, hey, now you got some time, right? Mind you, if the kids are little, they like to play yeah. in the water. I would encourage you to review the watching TV part. Uh, we've found mixed reviews on that. There's some couples that will watch a series and after it's done, they just love chatting about it together. It's a shared interest for them. Right. And other people, it's like, we just spent a whole evening that we could have had together and we were beside each other on the couch, but we were not together. Yeah. We wasted that hour and a yeah. half. On so the I don't, it really just depend, it depends how you experience that and it depends how much time you're spending on that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, review that. 
working on work together, does that have meaning for you? Are you guys connecting over that? Right. Or is it again, just like a chore that you're yeah, sitting beside each other? It's frustration and heads down. If it's not good time, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to find something else or can you make more of that time? Right. So their question then on how to get started on finding something that they can both really have fun. Yeah. Are you kind of saying like, don't worry so much about the fun, go for the connection and that'll take care of itself. That's one thing is, can you create connection in what you're already doing? Okay. So that's one question. Like your activities don't overlap like history and working out and reading and sports, you know what I mean? And cooking and games, working out and yeah learning something new in art. Like you have different interests, right? Mm-hmm. Or could it be that, that you guys could um, do your interests in the same room? Like in your basement, can mm-hmm. you work out and she paints and she can razz you on about whatever and you can comment about her painting or you guys can kind of talk about life in between sets. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Uh, reading seems to be disengaged. It's not a connected activity. Yeah. I mean, if you both, it, when two people read a book and it's kind of what you decide to do and it's your break. Yeah. That can feel good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But just I guess it could be it could be like watching TV or watching a movie like you're sitting be, yeah. beside each other disengaged. Yeah. But you're just enjoying the the physical touch. That's okay. Yeah, but sometimes if I'm reading a book and you're rubbing my feet or something while you read your book, it's kind of like, "Oh, I just melted." Then you're not reading a book anymore. So, yeah. I don't know. It kind of comes back to the connection thing for me, Rolanda. Okay. And not getting super stuck on the fact that you guys like different activities. So this is never going to work out. It's like, well, how can we geographically move things around in our house so that we get some different stuff going on, but at the same time and in ways that we can still connect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if all the activities you want to do are very sort of solo minded, individualistic, then they're parallel activities. Right? Oh, we've talked about that too. In episode yeah, as opposed to joint activities. Okay. Can you make them more joint? Or, okay. or maybe you just need to do something entirely different, which is where I was coming back to earlier of like, can you set aside a time and just have a date in the house once a week? Right. And then go do your hobbies separately and support each other in that and appreciate that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Like you have okay. your together care and you have your self care. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Cause like I would go out to the shop sometimes and do my thing. That's true. Right? And then sometimes you would come out and sit in the shop and chat to me while I was doing my thing. Right. Woodworking. Yeah. Was what I enjoyed. Right. So it could, it could be the same activity can go either way as a connecting time or as a parallel time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Next week, Caleb. Hopefully that helps with your question there. Thank you for sending those in. We very much appreciate them. Next week, Linda, we are going back to our regular programming. Okay. And we're going to be talking about the impact of wealth on marriage. Oh. It's a question that came from one of our patrons. Interesting. Okay. We're going to put an episode into that, which should be good. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's all for today's episode. You can get the show notes at oyf.link slash 154 and find out how you can help us help marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.